the rally thong is going to the Hall of Fame. Or maybe we'll just wear it next spring training. Those are the words of Aubrey Huff, World Series champion, first baseman of the San Francisco Giants. He said that on the podium at their championship ceremony and parade uh, earlier this week. And with that, welcome to 17 Minutes of Unintentional Relevance. I am Cody Mack, host of this fine show. We've got a good show for you today. We've got some uh, U.S. and world news, if you can even really call it what we report news. Uh, We're going to do a little college football preview. We're going to do a little NFL preview with the top four games that we are watching this Sunday. And we're also going to touch on fantasy football uh, near the end. Just a few minutes of that. Going to go over a little bit of information about our fantasy league and let you guys know what is happening there. The Nova Scotia Chronicle Herald is reporting that a retired Nova Scotian couple won $11.3 million in the lottery this past July, and that they have already given almost all of it away. 70-year-old Violet Large and her husband, Alan, explained to a local reporter that, quote, What you've never had, you never miss. That money that we won, it was nothing. What we have is each other, and that's all we need. Violet was undergoing chemotherapy treatment for cancer when the couple realized that they'd won the jackpot in July. They went on to tell the newspaper that the money was really just a headache. Several people began calling them randomly to ask for money soon after the story broke, so they began an $11 million donation spree to get rid of it and help others. The Chronicle Herald reports that they took care of family first and then began delivering donations to the two pages worth of groups that they had decided on, including the local fire department, churches, cemeteries, the Red Cross, even the Salvation Army, as well as the two hospitals where Violet underwent her cancer treatment. They also gave donations to organizations that fight cancer, Alzheimer's, and diabetes. The list goes on and on. Um, They did retain 2% of the money uh, for what they called a potential rainy day, which equals approximately $225,000. She said, quote, It made us feel good, and there's so much good being done with that money. The couple has been married more than 35 years and quietly saved up money that Alan made as a welder and the money that Violet had made in retail before their retirement. The Associated Press is reporting that a rare Honus Wagner baseball card that was bequeathed to an order of Roman Catholic nuns has sold at an auction for $262,000. Hence the reason that Catholic nuns love baseball. The Baltimore-based School Sisters of Notre Dame, or Notre Dame, however you want to say it, put the card up for sale after inheriting it from the brother of a deceased nun. The sale price exceeded the expectations of auctioneers at Dallas-based Heritage Auction Galleries, Uh, The nuns will actually only receive about $220,000 for the sale. Sister Virginia Muller, who was entrusted with the card, says that the proceeds will go to the Order's ministries in more than 30 countries around the world. The card was actually bought by a collector and card shop owner by the name of Doug Walton from Knoxville, Tennessee. The T206 Honus Wagner is the model of the card that the nuns sold at auction, and only about 60 of those are known to exist. Uh, They were actually produced between the years 1909 and 1911. College football. Number 20, Mississippi State is off this week. They will travel to face Alabama next weekend in Tuscaloosa, so we'll move right on to Ole Miss, who is at home to host Louisiana Lafayette. That game will air tomorrow afternoon at 6 p.m. Ole Miss will take on their first of their final four very important games this year at home against Louisiana Lafayette. This is a must-win for the Rebels if they want to keep any of their bowl hopes alive. Louisiana Lafayette is actually a past-first team. They rank 30th in the country in that category, which could be a problem for Ole Miss because Ole Miss is only 84th in the country in passing defense, not anywhere near the top at all. Ole Miss having a rough year on defense altogether. Should be a high-scoring game, but still expect Ole Miss to come out with a win. On to Southern Miss, who will travel to Tulane tomorrow. That game will air at 2.30 p.m. 
Uh, for USM to have any shot at playing the Conference USA Championship, they do still need to win two of their last four games, including two weeks from now at UCF. Tulane is not ranked in the top 50 in any major offensive category and are actually only 96th in total defense, so Southern Miss should be able to handle Tulane quite easily. This may be a good opportunity for Southern Miss to gain some ground on UCF, who travels to Houston tonight. Um, so hopefully Houston will do their job and knock off UCF and help Southern get one game closer to the conference championship. The National Football League. Adam Schefter of ESPN is reporting that Randy Moss is now a Tennessee Titan. The Randy Moss Circus is set to join the Titans this weekend. Um, and with the Titans on a bye, you can expect to see Randy Moss probably playing next weekend uh, against the Dolphins. You've got to think he improves the Titans' offense overall should he decide to actually run his three different routes full out on every play. And now for our game previews. We're going to be watching four games this Sunday. I'll tell you the times and the stations that these are going to be playing on if you're in the Hattiesburg-Laurel area. Uh, first game up is going to be Miami Dolphins at Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be a 12 p.m. start on CBS. Strangely, Miami is undefeated on the road this season, but they haven't won any games at home. They're 4-0 and on the road, but 0-3 at home in their first seven games. They're only the fifth team in NFL history to do that. Kicker Dan Carpenter has made each of his last ten field goal attempts in the past two games, so despite some recent offensive struggles, their kicker, of all people, pulling them through, averaging 15 points a game over the past two games himself. The Dolphins' rushing attack has had a pretty rough go of it so far this year with uh, both Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams suffering minor injuries throughout the season and just, just not living up to what they did last year. Dolphins are 16th in the league in rushing th to this point in the season after finishing 4th last season. On the other hand, Baltimore, who is 5-2 going into this week, has surrendered an average of 318 yards through the air in its past three contests. So you've got to think the Dolphins are going to try to pass the ball a little more, see what Chad Henney can really do. I'd expect probably somewhere between 30 and 40 pass attempts from Chad Henney in this game. Uh, the Ravens are coming off of a bye week, actually. They are 7-1 and one after their bye since the 2002 season, winning both games that they played under John Harbaugh by an average of 20.5 points. I don't expect it to be any different this week. I would be taking the Ravens over the Dolphins. To my favorite matchup, obviously, of the week, the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. That game will air at 12 p.m. on your local Fox station. After starting the season 2-0, and the Saints have alternated wins and losses in their past six games. The Saints beat Carolina earlier in the season, week four, I believe it was, by a score of 16-14, to but they haven't actually swept a season series from the Panthers since 2001. The Saints' defense is currently ranked third in total defense at 287.3 yards per game, which has definitely been what's kept them afloat to this point. They've had a lot of offensive struggles with injuries to Pierre Thomas, Reggie Bush, Marcus Colston has started slow, but the one bright spot has been Lance Moore, who, in the absence of Reggie Bush, especially in the red zone, has stepped up tremendously. On the flip side, the Panthers are last in the NFL in total offense and are averaging only 12 points a game. Matt Moore will actually get the start at quarterback this week over rookie Jimmy Clausen. NOLA.com is reporting that cornerbacks Jabari Greer and Tracy Porter are both expected to play for the Saints Sunday, so there's some awesome news. Haven't had them on the field together once this season, I don't believe. On the injury for Pierre Thomas, NOLA.com also reporting that Pierre Thomas said he's hoping to be off crutches by next week and maybe remove the walking boot from his left ankle the week after that. He's still feeling pain in his ankle, and he said he doesn't know when he might be able to return to the practice field, so that doesn't sound good at all. 
Not encouraging. I wouldn't look for Pierre Thomas to be back any sooner than week 12. Reggie Bush, on the other hand, says he is feeling pretty good after practicing on a limited basis for the first time Thursday since fracturing his right fibula six weeks ago. Bush said he feels good enough to play this Sunday, but that's actually Coach Sean Payton's decision. I'd expect him to be held out and rested with a bye coming up next week for the Saints and expect him to be ready to go two weeks from now against the Seattle Seahawks. Staying inside the NFC South, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons on 12 p.m., also on Fox. More than likely, if you're in the Hattiesburg Laurel area, you will see the Saints. If not, you will probably see the Buccaneers at Falcons. Coach Raheem Morris still has his team playing great football, saying, quote, We're the best team in the NFC. Yeah, I said it. We're the best team in the NFC, end quote. Don't know if I buy into that. There are a lot of good 4-5 and five win teams in the NFC right now between the Giants, the Packers, the Eagles, the Falcons, and the Saints. But Tampa looks pretty good, too. Both teams are 5-2 and two going into this week, so the winner will take over sole possession of first place in the NFC South. The Falcons have won the last three meetings versus Tampa and their last 12 home games. That said, Tampa's defense leads the NFL with 14 interceptions, and we know how Matt Ryan loves to throw the ball. I actually like Tampa to upset the Falcons, this one in a very close game. And on to the final game of our segment... The Indianapolis Colts at the Philadelphia Eagles. They will air at 3.15 p.m. on CBS. Indianapolis has won three in a row, and they sit alone atop their division for the first time this season. Peyton Manning, who is second in the NFL with 15 touchdowns, will make his 200th consecutive start this Sunday. That said, the Colts are missing a lot of their offensive weapons right now, with all-pro tight end Dallas Clark out for the season with a wrist injury, wide receiver Austin Colley, and running back Joseph Adai, both out with hand and shoulder injuries, respectively, and both are actually expected to miss their second straight games. On the flip side of the ball, Mike Vick is expected to start in place of Kevin Cobb after missing the Eagles' last three games following a rib injury that he suffered back in Washington on October 3rd. Vick has thrown six touchdowns to this point of the season without being intercepted and has a 108.8 passer rating. Vick has also rushed for 187 yards. In his only previous appearance versus Indy, Vic threw for only 47 yards and a pick in a 38-7 loss, that coming while he was still with Atlanta in 2003. Vic has had two weeks to prepare for the Colts with the Eagles coming off a bye, and I think he has a much better showing this time around, but still falls short. Colts win this one, also in a close one. I'm pleased to bring in a new segment to our show, Fantasy Football. Uh, we're going to try to talk a little bit about fantasy football in general, maybe some key pickups you might should be making in your fantasy leagues this week, as well as tell you a little bit about our fantasy league, the Armchair Quarterbacks of the South. You may ask, who's in this league? Well, mostly guys that I went to high school with, a uh, bunch of guys that graduated from South Jones, and then a few guys who some of us met once we got to college, mostly at William Carey. Originally, our league was the Armchair Quarterbacks of Jones County, but then some of us moved a little farther south to Southern and to William Carey, so we became the armchair QBs of South Mississippi. And now some of us have even moved out of state, or one of us has now moved out of state, I guess I should say. So now we're the armchair QBs of the South. Since we can't seem to stay in one place, we all went to school together. Now we've spread out. We're kind of moving along in our lives. But we've kept our fantasy league together. It's really fun. We enjoy it. Uh, if you're not in a fantasy league, I seriously encourage you to... If you can't get in one this year, try next year. I know it sounds kind of dorky, but if you've never tried it, you should. It's really a lot of fun. Our league is actually a 10-team league where the top four teams make it into the playoffs. We've only got six games left this season, uh, so you're kind of coming in at the end of it. We're going to give you guys a little info on it anyway. Our league is actually still wide open. Like I said, we've got four playoff spots, but we've got at the top of our league, we've got Taco, who is 8-0, followed by Cook, who is 7-1, and and then four teams all tied with 4-4 four and four records. That's Seth, Zach, Brooks, and then myself. Uh, unfortunately, we probably won't see much separation this week either with a lot of the top teams playing against a lot of the bottom teams. 
I believe that should do it for today's show. Uh, coming up on Monday's show, we're going to recap the Mississippi High School football playoffs. Like we said, we've got Laurel and Northeast Jones both in action tonight. I want to remind you, if you can, get out to those games, support your teams. We're going to do a college football recap, talk about some of these games that we talked about today, see how they turned out. Same thing for the NFL. We're going to take another shot at having a guest join us on the show Monday. Maybe we can get somebody to come in and talk a little football with us. We're going to have a brief fantasy football update, should we have any upsets or breakout players this weekend. And we'll also read and respond to a few listener emails. Don't forget, you can email me your questions, comments, and topics you want to hear covered to 17minutespodcast at gmail.com, where you can also find me on Twitter, at Cody L. McDonald. That said, be safe, have fun. Oh, and don't forget to set your clocks back an hour tonight. Have an awesome weekend. Come off it, kid. She's got more foresight than you. Saw you coming for miles, had a chance to think it through. Some of the music for this podcast was provided by Nevio's Music Alley. Check it out at music.mevio.com. Not to mention the patch of a bleeding, all of men have felt. What was not even the issue? You get more than enough to lose. It's a self-respect that's being stopped. There's nothing you can do. I got 20-20 and I got my eye in you.